Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 25-8 Sportscast. Episode 21 coming at you right now. Right now. Right now. People. I'm your host, Tommy Fink, and alongside me today, as always, is my pro DJ, Jet Rosenstein. Jet, how you doing today? Doing great, Tommy. Always ecstatic to be alongside you for another great episode of this great podcast, and we have some great content coming at you in this one great and some of you may think why did he call jet protege again no i didn't he actually is a professional dj uh if you have any parties or you know weddings or funerals coming up go ahead and hit jet up he can dj that that event for you you may notice for those of you that are watching on youtube that i'm wearing a bud light hat today a little different twist on the show my hat for today is in lieu of summer break coming up very soon uh and hopefully a lot of people are going to be having quite a bit of fun over their summer vacations so shout out to shout out to bud jet i hear you have a great this day in sports for us today yes um it pertains to the nba playoffs we're going to take you back to a significant time in the NBA playoffs. And we're talking about guys breaking records. And we're going all the way back to 1986, where the Bulls were facing the Celtics in in, uh, game two of the first round of the NBA playoffs. And Michael Jordan, he broke the record for the most points in a playoff game with 63 points. He broke the record previously set by Elgin Baylor with 61 points. this game, this was a matchup between the one-seed Celtics and the eight-seed Bulls. Michael Jordan's final stat line in this game was 63 points, six assists, five rebounds, three steals, and two blocks. They would The Bulls would wind up losing this game 135-131 in double overtime. They actually ended up getting swept through nothing by the Celtics. The Celtics would go on to win the NBA Finals after they defeated the Rockets in six games. Tommy, I have a question for you. Let's hear it. So there, there have only been two players in the last five years to break 55 points in a playoff game. Can you name those two players? Damian Lillard. That's one. Clay Thompson. No, LeBron James. No. It was Clay actually, Thompson. No, it's, it's Donovan Mitchell. 57 really? points in the bubble against the Nuggets in the first round. Okay. And Lillard also did it against the Nuggets last year in the first round. Yeah, I remember that one. That and was I, his, uh, that was uh, the buzzer beater, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And then the comment, I mean, yeah, but the com with Mitchell and um, Michael Jordan, they both lost their games. Um, but I want to look ahead a little bit now to these playoffs. And if you had to pick one guy that could potentially break Michael Jordan's record or just break the 55-point threshold, who was one guy that you would put your money on? Uh, I don't think anyone's breaking Jordan's record, but if someone had to break the 55-point threshold, I'm going to have to go with my man, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I can see Giannis dropping 55 very easily in the Eastern Conference Finals in Game 7 to come up just short of my Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, if I had to make a pick, I would go with Jimmy Butler. He missed. He only missed the 55-point threshold by 10 in the in the last game against the Hawks. So, um, yeah, and his best game ever, too. Best game Still ever. I guess you haven't you know, watched any other games in his career, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But that, that would be my pick. So, 
I mean, he shot from the three as if he knows what he's doing from beyond the arc. So I'd say best game ever. Shout out to Jimmy Buttbrick. Jet, anything else for this day in sports? That should do it for today. Okay. So correct me if I'm way off base here, but we last time we were on the show, we talked about just a slate of games, which was uh, Sixers as Wolves and Nuggets one. Correct. Okay, so let's go ahead and start from the 17th and just break down a couple of these games that we haven't gotten to yet. I know Jet's been itching to talk about his Miami Heat. So, Jet, why don't you go ahead and start us off with that game? Yeah. Um, an outstanding start to this series for the Miami Heat. Absolutely locking down Trey Young in game one. Didn't even hit a three-point shot in that game. The, the scoring for the Heat, they pretty much had a, had a hold on this game. For the, for the large proportion of the game, the Hawks couldn't really get anything going. A lot of that had to do with the stifling defense from the Heat that we've seen time and time again. But something really notable in this one was Duncan Robinson, who has had kind of a down year. He got some, demoted to some sort of a, a, a bench role, but he took total advantage of that. He had eight threes and was a large part in the Heat's victory. Um Big, big first step in improving everyone out there, including Tommy Wrong. And I'm, I'm really excited to see um, how the rest of the series, you know, shapes out now that, now that, spoiler alert, it's a 2-0 series lead for the Heat. I don't think it's much of a spoiler alert uh, due to the fact that we are releasing this episode after game two. Um, I don't really think that you are psychic well, no, right we, now. We, but... didn't talk, we didn't talk about the second game yet. So I was just. Oh, okay. Understood. Look, you say that this is like a massive, you know, prove Tommy wrong, but I don't think we will ever see a game again where Trey Young and Bogdanovich combined for a one for 20 from the field. Um, yes, that's good defense from the Heat. Kudos to kudos to them, but I don't – doesn't matter how good your defense is, you still have to be off as an offensive uh, standpoint to even come close to a feat like that. So I think that's going to turn around and spoiler alert, it does. Um, it does it though. Does it? Does it? It does. Trans- it does. It does. It and Bam Adebayo. Does it, does it translate to a victory? Why don't we actually go ahead and just talk about the series as a whole, since instead of just going game for that's game fine. for each. Bam Adebayo has been off this series. Um, and it doesn't matter. Six six point six rebounds, five assists in game one, one for five from the field, and last night being April nineteenth. Bam Adebayo, three for six from the field, only 23 minutes played, nine points, four rebounds, three assists. Um, you can say it doesn't matter, but I think that if they want to win these games on the road in Atlanta, I think Bam Adebayo has to pick it up a little bit because, I mean, obviously game two is much closer than game one, and you're saying, you know, Trey Young didn't turn around. 10 for 20, 25 points, six rebounds, seven assists is way better than 1 for 12. Same for Bogdanovich. 12 of 18 is way better than 0 of 8. So you can say all you want that it didn't turn around in game 2. It absolutely did. Um, I don't know if you've ever taken a look at Trey Young's home road splits. I was looking at him a few minutes ago before the show. Trey Young is a much better player at home, and in turn, the Hawks are a much better team at home. 
I can very easily see um, going back to Miami as a 2-2 series. And I know you scoff at things like this, Jet. Because it's just and ridiculous. I think it's, it's ridiculous. I think it's just your overconfidence. And I'm not even trolling right now. I, I'm just saying I could very easily see this being a 2-2 series back in Miami um, where I do think Miami eventually is going to win it at home. But I, I think it's going to go seven games, Jet. But I think every home game is won in this series because, you know, a one versus eight seed, you beat them by 10 at home where apparently your defense is supposed to be better than ever. And maybe it was, but I don't think it looked that good. And I think that Trey Young is going to be better, uh, not tomorrow, but the 21st, right? No, you don't play the 21st, the 22nd. And an early look into this, you guys are one and a half point favorites for game three on the road. I'd say that's about right, but for a 1 versus 8 seed, that's a, that's a pretty small that's a small amount of leverage that I have to I have to tell you. Well, then explain the Pelicans of uh, the Suns being favored only one point. I guess it has to do with Devin Booker, Devin but, Booker's out. Um I I don't like the Heat are clearly a better team than, than the Hawks and they've they've shut down Trey Young his whole career. I know the the box score shows that he definitely improved from game 1 to game 2, but I want to go back to the, the Bam out of bio thing first. The reason it doesn't matter is because there's so many different options on this team. When you look at a box score for an average heat game, you're not going to see anyone lighting up the box score. We saw, we saw Jimmy Butler light it up in this past game, but it's usually very evened out among all the players on this team. And him not having a good performance offensively doesn't mean he didn't show up defensively because he always brings it on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm not really too concerned about Bam Adebayo because he will find the stroke as the um, series continues. But, yeah, even even with Trey Young and Bogdanovich having better performances offensively, it did not um, translate into a win. And that's just going to be a similar theme throughout the rest of this series, I think. You know, they're going to continue to have those better offensive outputs. And even with this series shifting to Atlanta, where there's probably going to end up being more Heat fans than Hawks fans, like there has been in, in numerous regular season games, I think I think the Hawks are going to take one, one maybe two games in this series. But the Heat, the Heat should have no problem uh, definitely picking up at least one on the road. Okay. And I don't know. I still think that... I think that this is going to be a very home-dominant series. But you mentioned the Suns game, so let's go ahead and get into that series, what we've seen so far in the first two games. First thing I'd like to bring up is a very interesting fact. Chris Paul in his career is 0-14 when Scott Foster is refereeing his games. Wow. 0-13 going into the night. 0-14. You can say a lot of it has to do with Devin Booker, but... That is, that is something very interesting to look into. Maybe a little, I mean, I don't even know what to call it. Just doesn't like the guy. It's very hard to go 0-14, especially when the Pelicans were their 14th. Um, and he's on such a good team right now. It's kind of interesting, something funny to look into. But if we want to start, I mean, total dominance game one in this series by the Suns, even though... The score doesn't necessarily show it. The Pelicans had absolutely no chance of winning this game at any point in the game. 110 to 99 was the final. And a couple games I'd like to point out. Brandon Ingram, only 18 points, 6 of 17 from the field. 
So that can, I mean, that's a lot of shots to only put up 18 points, just one more point than shots. Uh, CJ McCollum had a little bit of a down game, nine for 25 from the field. But then on the Suns side, DeAndre Ayton, that's what a real center does. 21 points on nine rebounds, two assists, 10 of 15 from the field. Chris Paul, 30 points, 10 assists, three boards away from a triple-double. And, you know, Jet, I'm looking at this Suns team, and, you know, you look at game one, and it's kind of like, well, this is going to be a four-game set, and that's that's all there is to it. There's nothing else that we can really hope for other than a, a more entertaining uh, round two for the Phoenix Suns. Maybe not, because even when Devin Booker was in the game, and we don't know how Devin Booker's going to be out because a hamstring strain, I mean, that's nothing to, to sniff at because a hamstring strain has been, you know, a big injury for players all throughout major sports for a while now. I think that we could see the series potentially go six, maybe seven games. I think Pelicans sneak another one. I mean, winning one on the road is a big thing, especially if Booker is going to be out. And I think we could see a big bad wolf potentially bounced here in round one. Interesting. I mean, I, I do think the Suns end up winning this series. I do think the Pelicans definitely pick up at least one more game, especially now with Devin Booker's status. But as we move to game two, obviously the Pelicans won that game. And Brandon Ingram had a, a great performance, putting up 37 points, 13 of 21 from the field, um, a much better game than what he put on the put on on the show for week um for the game one in the series um obviously with the whole scott foster record thing with chris paul if devin booker finishes that game i mean history says that they wouldn't have won but i would have liked to say that the odds would have been pretty good that they would have been able to finish that game strong um Still no, still no Zion yet in this series. I don't know if um, we're going to end up even seeing him. I don't know if there's been any reports on that. But, yeah, so now the game is mo- – the series is moving to New Orleans. And, obviously, Devin Booker's status is going to play a huge role in the rest of this series. I do like the Pelicans to figure out at least one of those two games um, in their build, in their home house. And the Suns still should win this series, though. You think Alvin Gentry has Zion plan? Um, I think you mean Willie Green, who is uh, oh head, head coach, coach of the Pelicans. Of Pelicans Green. and Willie Green is going to be making yeah. that decision on whether Zion Williamson is going to be playing after Willie Green talks to his coaching staff, which is led by Willie Green. Okay, yeah. Either don't want to hear it, and I think that game two. The Suns, I mean, you look at just looking at the box score, it's all you really have to do. The Suns were scoring. It was it was no no uh it wasn't like the Suns played poorly. They just couldn't they didn't have an answer for the Pelicans offense down the stretch. Honestly, ever since uh, ever since Devin Booker hit the bench, the Pelicans were scoring every single possession. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at the box score now and just the three-point percentage, the difference between both teams. The Pelicans shot almost 57% from three-point from three-point range throughout this game compared to 37% for the Suns. So, um just that there is is extremely telling. Another thing just the Pelicans just were able to get more points off turnovers than the Suns were. Obviously, both of those metrics we're definitely the difference in this game, along with Devin Booker being out for the rest of it. Well, I mean, 
aside from Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson, I mean, they went one for 11 from the three. Everybody else in this team had a, had a fine day. Bridges, two for three. Obviously, Devin Booker went off in the first half. I know we all got that alert on our phones. He went seven from a, for 11 from the three. Um, so, yeah, Jay Crowder, if they want to win one of these games on the road, he needs to really fill in some shoes. And that those shoes were basically not even on the court last night. But, I, like I said, I still think the Suns come away with this game, or the series, but it's going to be a lot more interesting now without Devin Booker. And depending on how long he's out, I think this could be a second-round exit team if he's not back for the second round. you agree with that? I, I agree with that, definitely. And I think that really opens some doors for the Eastern Conference as well, which we can talk about a little bit later. Um, but, you know, a lot of people thought this was the Western Conference's year to, to come away with it. Um, and now the Warriors, who we can talk about in a few seconds. The next series that we, I want to get to here that we haven't talked about yet is Big Sexy's Chicago Bulls. They did not look too good in game one. Nikola Vucevic, uh, 24 points on 9 of 27 from the field with 17 boards as well. He was a very big factor in this team competing. Um, obviously, Milwaukee won game one, which we expected. Jet and I both had this series going less than six games. I don't remember exactly how much we both picked, but I, I'm pretty sure I picked five, and Jet may have actually picked four. Do you remember? No, I, 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 I think I picked uh, I think, I think I picked five, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think, I mean, we both, and I think a lot of NBA fans in general just have Milwaukee tagged as this team that is going to be very hard to lose at all. And I don't think we see them lose a series definitely not in the first two rounds at least um but i disagree but yeah really you know i do by the way can i just oh, yeah, clarify Boston. something um before we started talking about the bulls bucks tommy had mentioned that um a series that we wanted to get to for the first time on the like um on this episode which in, in actuality it wasn't the first time that was our third take just getting through the box bowl series, little little bit of issues. Um, the heater just always on Tommy's mind, so we just started bringing up random heat players like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Eric and Coach Eric Spolstra. So uh, we're back and we're ready to go. But uh, let me just you know say what I have to say about the box bowl series really quickly before a clarification done. before whatever he says. Gabe Vincent's name, I I tend not to say that name in this house. Same with Max Struess. I mean, I leave him to just bum it up on the court. The reason we stopped was because my bird was acting up. You know, you get a little parakeet, starts tweeting. You never know how big that audio is going to come through this microphone here. Uh, I know Jets probably wouldn't pick it up because it's like 14 bucks from Walmart. But either way, Jet, go ahead and give us what you got for the yeah, series. Yeah, of course, man. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so for the uh, Bucks, I mean, it, this this series obviously they've only played one game. The next game is tonight, as we're recording. But uh, the Bucks are pretty much gonna have their way with the Bulls going forward. The Bulls did; they were hanging in there at the end with about five minutes left. The Bulls, I believe, had a lead. Obviously, the Bucks wound up running away with that. Giannis was at the front and center. 
of getting that victory and uh, we'll see what we get from the Bulls. I mean, some of their shooting performances from a percentage-wise were really off-base, but um, I do think they pick up one game in this series, but the Bucks are going to win this series and then lose the next series. Yeah, not a good take there by Jed at all. Um, Brooke Lopez looked good. Giannis looked really good, as he will for at least – Another 10 years. Thanasis looked like the MVP caliber player that he is. Uh, the Antetokounmpo's are, I mean, they should start a new Hall of Fame for these two. Heading on to April 18th. Or no, no, no. Mets-Celtics. And this was the most interesting one of these four games on April 17th. The Jason Tatum buzzer beater. And I, the play before, I think, is the most interesting play that led up to the Tatum buzzer beater. Kevin Durant was dribbling outside the three just between his legs for like 11 seconds. Um, he had players open. He had a double team at one point. Uh, the double team eventually broke off. But by the time he put the shot up, it was like, I mean, he had about three inches of separation from, from the defender. And the shot was obviously bricked rebounded by Al Horford and then he sat at the free throw line for all 11 seconds of the remaining game clock and just watched the play develop and watched Jason Tatum give the Celtics a 1-0 lead. I don't I mean obviously you can't get on him too much about that because he's their best player. Um but he didn't play that well. 23 points, 9 of 24 in 41 minutes. Four rebounds, three assists, one of five from the three. I mean, he did, he really didn't do much. Kyrie Irving was was the main scorer here. 39 points in 42 minutes on 12 of 20. Nine of nine from the line and six of 10 from the three-point. So Kyrie Irving is playing exactly how we expected, maybe even a little bit better. Kevin Durant, though, game one, I don't know, man. I, I didn't really see too much that I liked there. Um. And like I said, that that play right before Tatum hit the buzzer beater, I think was is the main reason that they lost. Because um, obviously Tatum is gonna he has the potential to hit shots like that at any given moment. But just the offensive sequence from the Nets, I think was was the worst was worse than the defensive sequence from the Nets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, go ahead. Great, great start to this series. Obviously, we both had extremely high expectations for the the entertainment value that we were going to be seeing in this series, and it definitely didn't disappoint in game one. Um, obviously, Jason Tatum hitting that game game winning shot, game winning layup. I mean, thirty one points, eight assists. Great game from him. That's why we have both of us have him in our top our list of top ten NBA players. He is proving that each and every day. Um, going forward, I expect this series to really be going back and forth. While I do, while I do see the Celtics coming out on top in the end, um, I think each game is going to come down to the final couple of possessions. Just with the nature of this is not a normal two-seven matchup, and I think we will see better performances from KD going forward. And the more uh, we see the Celtics fans giving the middle finger to Kyrie, that's only going to continue to increase his stat line. Potential return time for Simmons was game four, right? Yeah. Okay. I think 
I mean, do you think that changes the series up at all? Not at all. Really? No. I, I... First of all, I mean, it's going to be the I first... think it makes the Nets worse. Oh, well, the thing is, it's going to be his first game action in I don't even know how long. I mean, I don't think they're going to give him that many minutes to begin with anyway, so I don't see it having that much of an impact early on. By maybe if it goes to six, seven games, we could see an increase in minutes, but... We'll see. Well, we don't know really what to expect from him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he's not going to start. I, I would highly doubt that he starts. So. Moving on to April 18th, two games to talk about here. Utah Jazz, Dallas Mavericks, and the Mavericks win 110-104 to 104 without Luka. Um, they're heading into Utah now for games three and four. Jet, the series is interesting to me because I really don't know what to expect. Um, Jalen Brunson out of nowhere drops 41 points. Um, the next highest score was 25, and that was off the bench. Donovan Mitchell had another great game, 34 points. Rudy Gobert was still not used very much, much more than the first game of the series. He had eight points on five shot attempts. Mike Conley didn't do jack squat. 0 of 7 from the field, zero points accumulated. And I think that had a lot to do with them losing this game. But is Lucas supposed to be back for game three? I don't think his status is 100% determined. Obviously, it's it's a wait and see. I believe the, the next game is on um, Thursday, I want to say. So um, they I, apparently they're still uncertain for game three, but they're hopeful. They're optimistic. So... Obviously, we, we know they can win without Luka, but it's obviously better if he's out there. I don't know how sustainable it is if he's not, but it, it's huge that the Mavericks were able to pick up at least one win without Luka on the floor. I'm going to go ahead and say that they split in Utah as well. I think that this series gets to a 2-2, and then from there, it's going to be tough to predict because Luka should be full strength by that time, Yeah, and it's going to be an interesting series. I, I think... If Luca, um, if Luca doesn't play in either games three or four, I think the Jazz take both. Um, if he plays in at least one, I think whichever one he plays in, they win. But going back to, I mean, it's gonna be big to at least pick up one in Utah because then you'll be going back to Dallas. So it's all gonna ride on on Luca's um, status because I don't think Jalen Brunson's gonna be able to score forty plus the rest of the series. You don't think? No. He was actually my second my second pick for fifty five plus. Really? Yeah, got him going to the retirement community. <laughs> Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors, and this is a series that is not going how I predicted it would at all. More for it was more for clickbait though, right, Jet? I need an answer. I mean, I think it was. I mean, that's just that's just your mo. Really? Yeah. Warriors win game two by twenty points, and the Warriors look like they could give the Suns a run for their money, and the Suns are at full strength very, very easily. I mean, Jordan Poole looks crazy. Steph Curry, all of a sudden, his regular season woes are no longer. Clay Thompson is good. Andrew Wiggins is an all-star starter. 
<laughs> Draymond Green, we know what he's capable of, especially from the defensive standpoint. Um, I don't think the Nuggets stand much of a chance in this series anymore. I think this series goes a max, very, very maximum six games. Um, I'm feeling a five, though. I think I think the Nuggets get one. Tried to tell you, Tommy, just didn't want to listen. Totally understandable. Um, we know what this Warriors team is capable of in the playoffs. We've seen, seen it year after year, championship after championship. Steph's dropping 30 off the bench. Can't wait to see what he's doing when he's getting his full um, complement of minutes once he's back in the starting lineup. But, yeah, the, this Warriors team is looking extremely um extremely extremely good so far this postseason and i expect it only to get better and they're definitely going to give the suns a run for their money especially if the suns aren't at full strength um like i said the nuggets just don't have don't stand a chance to begin with especially with all their injuries Jokic can only do do so much um i could see i honestly i see this game i see this series being a sweep it's possible it's it's a very very real possibility I'm just hoping for my ego's sake it isn't. <laughs> the final game that has already happened that we have to talk about is Timberwolves-Grizzlies game two. And this is exactly what we predicted would happen in game one, but it didn't. The Grizzlies went ahead and won by 28. Uh, this game was an absolute massacre. Uh, I'm not too sure why Cat wasn't Celebrating after this one. Same with Vanderbilt and Pat Bev. Memphis Grizzlies, they played great, and it was all around the it was all around the board. No one guy really stood out. Um, just reading off some of these players' points. 23, 16, 16, 13, 13, 13, 10. So they had what? One, two, three, four, five. They had seven guys drop 10 plus points. That's I mean, that's crazy depth. And that is I believe a little bit of that has to do with them pulling starters towards the end. Um, I didn't watch this game. I, I didn't get the chance to actually watch this game. Do you know if they pulled starters? I think they did. Just just looking at their, some of those guys with the, the minutes played, yeah. it looks like they, a few of them got some playing time because there's no way they used their whole bench throughout the whole game. So I'm assuming they pulled their starters. Did Steven Adams get injured? He must have because there's no way he would normally yeah. uh, have played three minutes. Uh, let me look. All right. They don't have him on the injured list. Our our researcher didn't really provide us that information, so um, we can definitely get back He's to you fired. guys on that. Yeah, definitely. He's fired. in the killing right now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this game, pretty self-explanatory, honestly. The Grizzlies just took care of business like they were supposed to in game one, and I expect them to, to do at least three out of the four next games. This series goes to max six. Definitely not going seven, and Timberwolves are definitely not making round two. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. I think game one was kind of fluky. Timberwolves were riding high from even getting into the the um, playoffs, but the Grizzlies, we know what they're capable of, and I, I don't expect them to slow down anytime soon. Another thing we took to Instagram for, we had a little poll, and it was something that I originally saw on Twitter. This was about – it was highlighting four of the very young players at the moment, which – and those four being Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Maxey. Um, 
And it just said one got to go, meaning, you know, if you had to cut one of these players, if they were all four on your roster, you had to cut one. Who are you cutting? The overwhelming answer was Tyler Hero. That had nine votes, uh, 900 votes. I'm sorry. <laughs> 900 votes for Tyler Hero, 100 for Tyrese Maxey, and 100 for Jordan Poole. Anthony Edwards got zero votes. Um, I kind of assumed that would happen. So, Jed, I'm going to ask you to rank these players one through four. I can do it first. You can prepare your list if you need. Okay. I'm going I'm going Anthony Edwards. And it's so hard to have any one of these top three players below the other. I think Anthony Edwards is a clear one. I think Tyrese Maxey is two. And I think Jordan Poole is three. And I think Maxey and Poole are very interchangeable. And Tyler Hero is a clear four. Okay, I, I'm going to go uh, Anthony Edwards, Tyler Hero, Tyrese Maxey, and Jordan Poole. Um, obviously, a lot of... A lot and of go, ahead and, go ahead and try to talk your way into this not sounding biased. Uh, it's not. I mean, Tyler Hero, <laughs> the, the sixth man of the year. I don't know if any of these other guys have a sixth man of the year award to their name. No, because they actually are good enough to start in the NBA. So, so is Tyler Hero, but just... Oh, so then why doesn't he? How, because how, he wants his award shelf no, filled. No. No, no, Tyler no, Hero no, is an absolute no, bum. No. I rebuke Jack Harlow for you singing wish, about him. I wish you had Tyler Hero on your team because he's better than I don't. Tyler he wouldn't Maxie, play for us. So um, He's not better than Maxi. He wouldn't start I, for I us. He'd just I, take yeah, over so George Niang's I, I role. Haven't, I haven't seen enough from Jordan Poole or um or Tyrus Maxi to say that they're better players than Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero can do anything he wants offensively. He may <laughs> not be up there um, defensively with some of these other guys, but his offense if playmaking ability is just just sets him apart from these other guys. I take the minivan over Tyler Hero day in and day out. George Niang, Furkan Korkmaz. I mean, Tyler Hero would struggle to find a roster spot, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, shout out to Brendan for polluting my speech patterns with the not going to lie habit. Um, go Mets. Let's highlight today's games that are coming up. 7 p.m. start. We have game two of Celtics-Nets. Celtics are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Do you think they cover that spread? I don't. I think the Nets win this game. Okay. Yeah, I think this series goes 1-1. Um, I think the Celtics are going to have a hard time winning this series the way that Brooklyn looked in game one on the road, and we both have them winning game two on the road. I I mean, the Celtics are a great team. I think they struggle to come away with the series, Jet. I really I, do. I still think they win the series. Just defensively, the Celtics are a much better team. Defense wins championships. So, Yeah, as a Miami Heat fan, that's what you got to think. You got to keep telling yourself that. 8 o'clock start. This is where the Philadelphia 76ers take the third game in a row out of four that they will be winning in succession. Uh, Sixers and four pretty easily. I don't I have, think there's a whole lot to talk about here. Yeah, I have the Raptors winning this game. I think uh, Matisse Thybul, it's not going to be a huge impact. Obviously, he's not going to be able to play in this game, but I don't think the Raptors are going to get swept. That's just, you know, they're, they're a culture. They're, they're too, they have too good of a culture to be, to be swept in four games. I mean, um, it just would not be a good look for them. I think whether if it's not this game, they take the next one at home, but the 76ers will win the series in five games. Okay, well, thankfully, Doc Rivers, Glenn Rivers, he's a great, great head coach. 
Latisse Thibel hasn't been playing in preparation for him not being able to play on the road. Um, so it's not going to matter whatsoever. And when he has been playing, he's been a bum. Um, Danny Green has been great. Danny Green looked incredible uh, last game. I don't know exactly what day it was. I don't know if you saw his him slamming it. I don't know, Danny Green, what got into him. I think he just wants to win a chip. Did you see that video? I did not. He came out of nowhere and just yammed. But it, that was funny to watch. Danny Green also had like four threes last uh, last exactly did. Um, 37 minutes, 11 points, three of nine from the three. I don't remember him taking that many shots, but I mean, he did, he got the job done. They won the game pretty convincingly like they're going to do tonight. (sighs) Jet, some of your takes, man. Game two of Nets Celtics. We just talked about and game two of Bulls Bucks. The Bucks are overwhelming 10-point favorites in this one. Do they cover that spread? Yes, they do. Really? They cover it. Um, I don't think the Bulls are going to have any answers. It's just been the story of the second half of their season. How uh, how many points does Thanasis drop? Seven. Seven as in 100? 700? Seven as in seven. He's the player of our generation. Seven. 17. Seven. Okay. I got Thanasis dropping 42. Uh, the Antetokounmpo's, as a family, they drop 106 in this one. Okay, Bucks we'll and four. We'll Bucks see. and four. Jet, you had some baseball that you wanted to get to, I hear. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're just, you know, a couple of weeks into the season, but you know, players are starting to hit their stride, and obviously we have a long way to go. But what I wanted to do was introduce a new segment. So for everyone out there listening, it's time <laughs> to buckle up. You're about to cop yourself a one-way ticket to Jets. Statosphere. Yeah. And in this segment, I'm going to take a look at the leaders in several individual statistical categories in the MLB. And Tommy is going to give me a percentage on whether or not that player can stay atop of that leaderboard for the remainder of this season. Are you buckled up and ready to go? I'm buckled, baby. Okay. Uh, first off, the current leader, it's a three-way tie for the current leader in hits in the MLB between Wander Franco, Manny Machado, and Matt Olson with 19. Percent chance that either of those guys remain at the top by season's end. I'm going to give Wander Franco a 30% chance to stay there, which is, is pretty high to hold it for the entire year. I think Wander Franco can... I think he's really gonna he's gonna come out and show off this year. Matt Olson, I think, falls off. He's never been the greatest of of average hitters. Uh, who was the third one? Um, Franco Machado Olson. Machado Machado's. I hate Machado, so no zero percent. Okay, uh, he's not good run- enough for that. He's gonna injure someone before he does that. All right, for home runs, the current leader is CJ Crone of the Colorado Rockies with six. 
Sounds like he hit one last night against uh, a very struggling Philadelphia Phillies team. Um, seems like it was a dagger to the team also. I don't know if you mentioned that or if it's just coming to me for some reason. Uh, CJ Crone does not stay there for – am I saying the percent chance he stays there at the end of the year or what percent of the year he stays there? The percent that he could be at the top of that leaderboard by the end of the season. Zero percent, Jet. Okay. He's not staying there, Jet. Come on. RBIs. Jose Ramirez currently leads the lead with 15. I want an 85% chance. I think Jose Ramirez can very easily take home the RBI title. Okay. Okay. Steven Kwan getting on for him. Jose Ramirez knocking him in. Okay. Please. Owen Miller. Is that the other idiot that's hitting over 500? That brings me to my next question. The current leader in average so far this season is Owen Miller with 500 percent chance he stays there zero but did you know kyle schwerber is hitting 100 and he's making about a million more a year jet did you know i did not i did not but oh, okay. i appreciate you bringing that to my attention let's go over to the pitching side of things um justin verlander currently leads the lead with a 0.69 era thoughts he's staying there jet i told you he was my early uh early prediction to win cy young and I think that Verlander is going to play till Tom Brady retires. Wow. Okay. Our strikeout leader at the moment is Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. It's 24. I'm going to give it a, a 40% chance. It's not, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Who's in second? Who's, who's Max Scherzer with 23. Okay, yeah, he's there. There's some real competition there. Okay, and percent chance, um, the Phillies stay at the bottom of the division for the remainder of the season. One hundred, Jet. Is that what you want to hear me say? One hundred. No, the percent chance, Jet. Hundred. Is like is zero. It's zero. No. I'm sorry. It's just zero. You're wrong. But the Phillies, I, as as much as I hate the current. Phillies team that I'm watching day in and day out for some reason, they're not going to end up behind the Nationals, behind the Bummy Marlins. The Mets aren't going to stay at the top of the division. I can't wait until they collapse. We all know it's com- like we all know it's coming. This team is oh. nine and three right now. It's just not going to stay. Well, well, Tommy, let's say it together. Ready? What goes <laughs> what goes up, up must, come, must down. come down. Like I always say, it's just not. It's not happening. And if it does, I will Venmo everyone that listens to this episode and DMs me the sixth piece of the sandwich. Swiss cheese. No, no, no. We did cheese. Let's do uh, boar's head turkey. If you DM me boar's head turkey and the Mets stay at a 9 and 3. What one percentage is that? If you, 750. All right. If you DM me Boar's Head Turkey and the Mets have a 751 percentage or better by the end of the year, I will Venmo or Cash App or whatever. Everyone who DMs me Boar's Head, 50 cents. Wow. 50 okay. cents. 
I mean, consider and you know, based many... on our average viewership, that's that could be about five hundred dollars coming out of my bank said. account. Well, considering the amount of DMs we've gotten with the other parts of the sandwich, um, you better have your wallet ready and ready to go. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take on another job just for it. Right, right. No, the Mets are not staying at the nine and three pace. Sorry, sorry, not happening. Mets suck. Phillies suck worse. That's the only problem. All right. Uh, what's what's next? What's next, Jeff? Are you serious? Come on. Is that a joke? Oh, God. Dictionary.com's word of the day. I told you Merriam-Webster's out after that horrid showing last time. The word of the day is carouse, C-A-R-O-U-S-E, carouse, to engage in a drunken revel. <laughs> Am I going to have to look up what revel means also? What is revel, Jet? Um, I believe revel is... um. <laughs> um it's a <laughs> it's to take intense pleasure satisfaction so carouse is to engage in an intense pleasure yeah dictionary.com you're out before you're even in baby <laughs> uh we're not even going to give you the time of the day we're not even no word of the day segment and if you guys have a problem with that i want you to take it up with dictionary.com for that hard word of the day <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, these, I mean, back-to-back times now, favorite segment of the show has just been obliterated. Your favorite, my, my least favorite. I mean, obviously you don't have anything bad to say about Jimmy Butler today, rightfully so. He didn't six as always. Uh, to engage in drunken revel, Jimmy Butler, he wins one game. All of a sudden he's at the club celebrating. He forgets Trey Young is a great player at home. Jimmy Butler is caroused. And you can't be caroused without Caruso. And that's why Big Sexy's Bulls are Barusotol. They are so Barutol. Let's just end it here, boys. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Tommy. This is Jet. And that was the 25-8 Sportscast.